Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Good, good. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I know it's been said already, Andrew and Alicia both have shared, but I It is not lost on me. May it never be lost on us, the freedoms that we do have today, that we are the land of of the free because of the brave. And uh, we're very grateful to be able to assemble and all the other freedoms and rights that we have. And I know there's a lot of political discourse and division and all of those things going on, but I tell you what, I am so glad. We are graced to be uh, a part of this great country. Amen. Amen. Very thankful. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me this morning, and we're going to pray. As we pray today, I have a nephew. Uh, his name is Logan. He lives in uh, Atlanta. And this Tuesday, Logan is going to be having some back surgery. And uh, he watches every week online. So everybody say, hey, Logan. And so uh, we're cheering you on. I want some of you to remember to pray for Logan on on Tuesday as he has that surgery. And uh, whatever may be going on with you or your family and friends that are watching. We can't give shout out to everybody, but you know, um, but let's pray right now. Let's take a moment. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this country. Thank you for our blessings, our freedoms, and we are a grateful people today. We know that life is not without challenge, and even right now, many of us feel stress and and pull and drag and uh, upon our lives, even upon our joy. And God, we just pray today that you would show yourself strong, that you'd work on behalf of each one. You know the needs. I pray that you'd heal bodies. I pray that you'd mend relationships. I pray that you would provide. I pray that you would give answers. I pray that you would give courage, that you'd continue to order our steps and protect and bless your people in in every way. And thank you, God. We're not asking you to do anything that you haven't promised to do. We're not asking you to do anything that you're not able to do. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these things. I pray now that as we turn to your holy and written word, that you'd help us as we receive of your word today. May it build faith within us today. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, Jesus, that you would be pleased and you would be honored and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Come on, let's give a great big welcome to our online and East Campus today. God bless you guys. It's going to be a great morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're starting a brand new series called Creed. And I just want to quote to you from 2 Timothy chapter 1. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, For I know whom I have believed... And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. There's something about that phrase that is so strong and confident that I hope that each one of us can pick that up, that we'd know whom we believe, that we would be persuaded in who God is and in his ability and in his ability to keep us and to hold us and and to help us to arrive. Amen? And so uh, we're going to be looking today really at, at, at our, 
our beliefs and kind of a revisit and a review to bring us back to a place that I think we need to be brought back to on occasion. Uh, Over church history, um, from time to time, there would be, uh, especially in the earlier centuries of this, uh, Christianity was new. Christianity had spread very rapidly. And uh, they, they didn't have Bible schools and seminaries and some of the resources that we have today that kind of help us. And so from time to time, they would form what are called councils. And those councils would then meet and convene. And for this purpose, to clarify what Christians believed, and then also to summarize what we believed. And the result of that would be creeds and confessions. And uh, we're going to be looking uh, today at the Apostles' Creed and uh, hopefully give some new breath to that and focus for that for all of us. Now, our word creed comes from the Latin word credo, and it means, to, it means this, I believe or I trust. Uh, a creed also by definition is a, is a group of basic beliefs that will guide the actions of a person or of a group. And here's the reality. You ready for this? Everyone has a creed. Everyone has a creed. Uh, And it matters. It matters because, watch this right here, what you believe governs your life. Come on, read that with me, if you will. What you believe governs your life. And so our beliefs, our ideas that we invest heart and faith and energy into, all ideas have consequences. All ideas have consequences. And if you have a good idea, you'll have a good outcome. If you have a bad idea, you're going to end up with bad outcomes. You all with me? Yes. I can remember as a, as a kid, we found a, a piece of plywood and we propped it up on something and went and got our bikes and we thought, this is a good idea. We're going we're gonna to ramp right off of this thing, you know. And uh, it was a good idea going up. And I was the first one to go because you kind of like, well, who's going first? I dare you. And I said, I'll go. So that was a good idea. And then I'm like part way up this and I realized now what, you know? So fortunately I landed well. Um, but the thing is not all bad ideas land well. So it is important what you believe governs your life and what you believe, good ideas or bad ideas, they're going to have some consequences. Ultimately what all of this is about is our worldview our worldview. And everyone has a worldview. And uh, we actually, whether you know it or not, I am constantly uh, reinforcing our worldview. Uh, And I want to talk about that a little bit today because it's, again, what you believe governs your life. All worldviews, and there are many of them, uh, center upon certain questions. So let's look at some of the questions. The question of deity, you know, God, no God, bunch of gods, um, you know, great variety concerning that. Origins, where did we come from? You know, where were we created? Did we evolve? Did aliens drop us off, part of an experiment? That is a belief, y'all. Uh, human nature, are we good, are we bad, are we okay? Do we need some help? Uh, and then moral rules. You know, we, we, we're going to we're going to draw from somewhere a sense of standards of, of what guides our, our society and guides our lives, moral rules. Do we just kind of make this up as we go? Uh, is there a higher place where we could maybe gain 
you know, some rules. And so these are some of the questions that all worldviews have questions about. Basically, there are two worldviews, and I'll show these to you real quick. First would be what is called theistic, theistic. This comes from the Greek, also from the Latin uh, theos, and it has to do with God. So this would be a worldview that has God uh, as center. The other category would be atheistic, and the prefix a negates the subject there, and so this would be a worldview without God. So if you take God out of the picture, then it's just us and nature, and uh, that, that can be, in my opinion, get, get a little squirrely because we don't have anything or anyone that can even see ahead. And uh, so we end up playing it by ear, and uh, it's a pretty rough ride. So another, uh, another dynamic emerges, though, out of this, and it's what we'll call practical atheism. Practical atheism is where a person says, I believe, but then their priorities and their decisions and their behavior have no difference from a person that does not believe. Their lives are virtually indistinguishable. They do everything, same values, same decisions, same priorities as a person who says that they, they don't believe, but yet they say they do believe. And this, this is... This is not a workable thing, but can I tell you something? It's virtually epidemic. And so what we've got to get back to is to realize, what do I believe? Do I believe? Why do I believe it? And so our, really our application, I never do a message without application, something that we're going to walk away and say, that's what I'm going to do with this, or that's what I need to know from this. Really, my whole purpose uh, for day, today's message in particular is this, that, that we, we just revisit, we review we recenter on what we believe and, and what do we stand upon. And so uh, we're looking at, at that here today. Now, our uh, worldview I call a biblical worldview. Biblical worldview. Uh, key word there would be biblical. Um, I do not call it a Christian worldview. I hear that a lot. That people say, well, I have a Christian worldview. I do not. Now, I am a Christian. Make no mistake. But Christian is, is too broad of a term. Did you know that there are over 34,000 denominations? Over 34,000 Christian denominations. Now, first of all, I don't think that was God's original plan. So you've got every splinter split this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, and you end up with 34,000 variations that ultimately studies show can be divided into about 40 divisions. And even that, I think, is, is, is too much. And so I don't have a Christian worldview. Let's go back to something much more precise and authoritative. We have a biblical worldview. So a biblical worldview, you all with me? A biblical worldview is this, that we view everything through the Bible. We view the, the world. We, we view the beginning of the world, the people of the world, the problems of the world, the governments of the world, the issues of the world, the solutions of the world, the future of the world. We view all of that through the Bible. Amen. So we have a biblical worldview. Now, 
what happens, as I said earlier, everybody has a creed. Everybody has a worldview. Everybody believes. And what we need to do is clarify that. And that's what I'm trying to uh, present to you here today. Everybody has their creed. What do you believe? And here, unfortunately, in our day, and I believe more than ever before, culture is driving our creeds. Culture is driving and pushing what people believe. And so we have two big machines, okay? And the machines would be the media and social media. And so they're driving, they're roaring along, driving, pushing what, not just what we believe, what you should believe, what culture says you should believe. Here's the problem with this, or one problem with this. You ready? It is pushing so fast that what culture says we believe is changing, and it's changing rapidly. Just go into the world of science, and anything that changes rapidly is called unstable. And so our beliefs, our values are changing, and they're changing so rapidly. It produces in our culture, it produces in our family, it produces in individuals a high degree of instability. And we know that one of our goals, one of the things God has for us is to be happy, come on, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And, it, and you can't shift your values just constantly. And, all, and, and the other issue, and this is dangerous, y'all, is our values are what we believe is under pressure as well. Because of media and because of social media, under the flag, under the banner of tolerance, then people are not really sure what they do believe. They're told by culture and pressured by media, pressured by social media, this is what you believe. And if you don't believe that, then we'll shun you, we'll unfollow you, we'll block you, we'll boycott you, we'll do this, we'll do that. And so our culture pretty much then gets into lockstep. Okay, then we all believe this and we all believe this and we all believe this because we don't want to be outcast. We don't want to be unfollowed. We don't want somebody to unfriend us. Oh, God forbid. (laughs) You know, and there is a felt pressure out there concerning what we believe. And there is a felt pressure to not believe what I'm sharing with you today. But I stand up here unashamedly knowing that this will help your life This will help your eternity. And these are truths that shall endure to all generations. And they help not just your life, they will help your eternity. Amen. Sounds old-fashioned to me. No, it's just eternal. Uh, Let me read this to you. It's written by author Rick Cornish. He says, I once met a woman who claimed to be a communist So I started asking her to explain why she thought communism was the way to go. She grew flustered and defensive, but wasn't able to answer my questions or support her view. It turned out she didn't even know the basics of Marxism. I concluded she wasn't much of a communist, if she was one at all. I thought, how sad to declare a belief in a system but but reveal such ignorance of it. Then it hit me that countless Christians are similar claiming to believe something we know little about. Wouldn't it make others wonder if we were really Christians or even make them question the validity of Christianity itself? So it's important that we revisit, that we recenter on what we believe. Let me give you a resource real quick. Uh, Several years ago, 
I did a two-year series, y'all, two years. At that point, we were doing every Wednesday night. We still had services on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night. And uh, I did a two-year series called Believe. Everybody say Believe. And what it was was systematic theology. Took you from the beginning to the end. Well, almost the end because right at the end, I stepped off the roof and got hurt, and I didn't quite finish that one, okay? But I came back, and I put those pieces in place. But it's believe. It's about what we believe and the importance of that. You can find that online. Uh, you can go to our website or, to, or use your app and uh, go to messages and then archived messages, and you can just on the search bar just put believe, and it will come up a two-year series that you can uh, uh, peruse at your convenience there. Now, The Bible provides clarity for all issues. I want you to hear what I just said. The Bible provides clarity for all issues. I say to you often that for every problem, there is a promise. But beyond just problems and promises, there is clarity that the Word of God brings to us. Here's what happens, though. One generation lives it. One generation takes the truth and lives it. Uh, But then it only takes one generation for a truth Uh, One generation of ignorance, of a lack of knowledge, of a lack of understanding. One generation for a truth to die. And so one generation lives it, and if they don't effectively pass it on to the next generation, that generation will only remember it. And then if someone's not revived concerning that truth, then that next generation will just reject it altogether. You watch the cycle that happens in human nature. It's even, it's even in Scripture where we see a people or a person are rescued by God. Anybody here ever been rescued by God? Okay, we're going to try that one one more time. Okay, Anybody here ever been rescued by God? All right. I knew you were here. I knew you were here. But you get rescued by God, and here's what happens. You revere His, his truths. You revere His truths. Then over time, you relax those truths And then given a little more time, you rewrite those truths and you start to move self to the center of all of that. And this is, again, why we have to come back and look at what do we believe and why do we believe it. Again, the Bible provides clarity for all issues. Now, today we're going to look at what is called the Apostles' Creed, the Apostles' Creed. And again, I want to give you another resource for this. We have, our, our graphics team has printed this up not printed it, but they have designed it where it is online for you. And if you wanted to get it, you could download it. It is suitable for framing. They've done a beautiful job. You can just go to this right here, nbcocala.com forward slash resources, and it will be there as well as a number of other resources for you. And so that'd be a copy of the Apostles' Creed there. And it's only twenty nine ninety five today only. <laughs> How many of you know I'm teasing? Okay, completely free. And you may want to get that because of what I want to share with you about this. It was formulated in the 400s A.D. It was not written by the apostles, as some uh, legend kind of says. Obviously, 400 A.D., it was not uh, the apostles at that point. And it is not, listen, it is not in Scripture. It is from Scripture. And so, as I said earlier, councils were formed, and they would clarify what we believe, and they would summarize what we believe and come up with creeds. And this is one of the lasting creeds here, the Apostles' Creed. Now, Philip Schaff, he was a theologian, church historian in the 1800s. He writes this. He says, as the Lord's Prayer is the prayer of prayers, the Decalogue, or the Ten Commandments, is the law of laws, 
So the Apostles' Creed is the creed of creeds. It contains all the fundamental articles of the Christian faith necessary to salvation in the form of facts, in simple scripture language, and in the most natural order, the order of revelation from God and the creation down to the resurrection and life everlasting. So what I want to do is put this on the screen for you. I want us to read it together. Please don't read it like the phone book, okay? Read it with some kind of conviction. uh, conviction. And let's go ahead and read this together here. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Pause right there. Catholic there means universal, means the whole church. So if you're from a Catholic background or tradition, I'm, I'm not commenting on that at all today. What I'm saying is, you know, this would be like some of you reading, I believe in the Baptist church. You know, we're not, we're not just singling out. This literally has to do with the whole, with the universal church or body. So let's start back here. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Ready? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What do you believe? You believe that. We believe that. So sometimes, well, what, what do you believe? I, uh, we're not sure what we believe. And there's three things that stick out. I mean, this is so loaded. Again, this was careful. A lot of work and prayer went into forming that hundreds of years ago. But the three things of emphasis that stick out, and it is this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus, his only Son, And I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Trinity very obvious here. So for our purposes today, here's our focus. You ready? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And look at me. This is the bedrock for us. This is the bedrock. So what do you believe? I believe this. I believe I have a biblical worldview, and I'll tell you what, it's not just something I believe. This is something that has impacted my life, and this helps me every day to have something to stand on, rock to stand on, that no matter what storm, winds, waves would come, you know, whatever words even in our life, what do, you, what do you believe? What do I even believe in all that? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and let that be a bedrock that you come and you stand upon. Now, there are a number of titles in here. God, Father, Almighty, Creator. One of them stands out not just as a title, but as, a, but as an attribute. And that is Almighty. The same word used in the Old Testament and New Testament describing God as Almighty, naming God as Almighty, means this. All-powerful, omnipotent. So it speaks of the attributes of God. I quickly want to go through some other attributes of God. I'm just going to touch on these super light. The first one is this, omnipotent. Omnipotent. It means all-powerful, 
means God can do anything. Take two. Omnipotent. It means that God is all-powerful. He can do anything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present at the same time. He is ever-present. He's not limited by time and space. He was with you when you slept last night. He greeted you when you woke up this morning. He traveled with you to church. He was here waiting on you when you got here. He was here as we worshiped him in this place. And right now he's back at home watching your stuff too. I mean, he's everywhere present at the same time. But get that, everywhere present at the same time, but not everywhere present in the same way. Because he's with some people today that they don't care, they don't know, they, don't, they're not, they have, have not a clue. And he's with them. So he's everywhere present, but he's not everywhere present in the same way. I'll tell you where he's different in presence is where he's welcome. That's why we come not just to sing some songs. Listen, I want us to change our mindset a little bit. I don't want you to come in. We have incredible worship, incredible talent and all of that. But I, I don't want you to come and say, well, I hope they move me today. Hope they sing my song today. How about this? Just beeline it from your car. I have come to worship that I've come to worship a God who can do anything. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-wise, all-seeing, all-knowing, complete and perfect knowledge. He's omnibenevolent. He's always only good. He's full of grace and mercy and patience and long-suffering. In him is no darkness at all. He's only wise. He always only does what is best. He is immutable. Immutable means not subject or susceptible to change or variation in any form, quality, or nature. He does not mutate. Immutable. He is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am the Lord and I do not change. He doesn't fade out. He's not this tired, weak, stiff, pasty old guy in heaven. He's, he's vital and, and, and more alive than ever, ever, ever. Alicia and I were, uh, we stopped at a coffee shop the other morning and sat outside and uh, we were just talking and enjoying, you know, some coffee together. And I was looking at some shops across the street and I noticed the, all, the, all their signs were just faded out. The Florida sun. Y'all do realize the Florida sun is out now. <laughs> and it just faded and faded. And I thought, I remember when that was bright, brilliant, shiny red. Now it's a faded, ugly pink. You know, if we're not careful, all these things do. But I want to tell you something. God does not fade. He doesn't change in any way. And then here's one more. He's awesome. Come on, everybody. Awesome. There's a problem with awesome, though. Problem with awesome, because awesome is the word that Americans use to describe everything. (laughs) And if everything's awesome, nothing's awesome. Awesome hair, awesome car, awesome shoes, awesome movie. Here, the ice cream truck coming. That's awesome. You know, everything's awesome. No, it's not. No, it's really not. Awesome means overwhelming, breathtaking. So I'm not saying don't say awesome in your life. But I'm telling you what, you better reserve the real meaning for awesome for a God who takes your breath away and he is overwhelming. That's our awesome God. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Creator of heaven and earth, that's part of his resume. He just kind of added that in there and say, here's some things that I did that you might have seen. I created heaven and earth. In Psalm 121, it says this, I, I would lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Look in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. Help me. Come on. Maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Years and years ago, I was reading that, and it just occurred to me, if he made heaven and earth, he can help me with my situation. And every time I see it now, I can't help but for that to occur to me again. I want to say it to you today. If he made heaven and earth, he can help you with your situation. Believe. Jesus said, have faith in God. Augustine, the great theologian and saint, was walking along the the beach by the ocean one day. He was pondering. He was perplexed with the great doctrine of the Godhead and of Trinity. And as he was weighing this and trying to figure this out, he noticed a little boy running back and forth to the edge of the water and back up into the sand. As he got a little closer, he said, What are you doing, little man? And the boy had a shell. And he would take the shell and fill it up with water. And they'd run over and pour it into a hole that he'd made in the sand. He said, I'm trying to put the ocean into this hole. (laughs) At that point, and later on, Augustine wrote, that is what I'm trying to do. I see it now. I'm standing on the shores of time. I'm trying to get into this little finite mind things which are infinite. So that's why we need to step out and say, I can't figure it all out. Do you know something? God will always exceed our comprehension. God will always exceed our comprehension. That's why we worship him. That's why we serve him. So I want to tell you today, recenter, recenter, revisit, and just get back up on that rock and stand on that rock. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And I promise you, you stand on that rock, that will keep you safe in the storms of this life. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Good deal. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.